Wait a minute, I hear something. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Movie. That's right. You're going, wait a minute. Did I click on the right show? Yes, you did. Because, you know, it's the right show with the right title. So, yeah. Welcome to the show. Uh, We are still howling at the moon. We're just really kind of getting started. And uh, listing our favorite horror movies, or werewolf movies, and horror movies, for the most part. Seems like that's the most of what I do in this show, but hey, you know what? I watched a lot of horror growing up. Still do, matter of fact. Um, but yeah, we're doing our Werewolf series, which was kind of a, uh, a request, I guess you'd say, from Dan Bone, my buddy Dan. Uh, and we're just knocking down my favorite horror movies, or favorite werewolf movies. Sorry, I'll get it straight here in a minute. Um, These first ones are not in really any kind of order. These are kind of honorable mentions. And how can you have this conversation and not talk about Silver Bullet, right? So that's kind of what we got today. And uh, from 1985, uh, it's pretty wild that, well, the majority of the standards of werewolf movies are kind of 80s movies. Um, we get one trickled in here and there that uh, kind of hits some high marks and makes you, makes you raise your eyebrow a little bit. But for the most part, again, like any other time, the 80s just kind of ruled. And um, Silver Bullet, I mean, it's a, it's a classic. So uh, 1985, it says horror slash teen movie. I don't really think of it being so much of a teen movie. I, I, I guess I see the angle that they're talking about here. But for the most part, come on, folks. It's a werewolf whodunit movie, right? Which is what makes this stand out, right? Because for the most part, you never really care about who the werewolf is. But this is one of those stories where you're trying to figure it out. And the the kids involved are even sleuthing around and trying to figure out who's causing all the, the mayhem, right? So let's look here. Uh, also, I like talking about this movie because of all the, uh, what's the right word? All the, uh, frustrations that happened when this movie was being made. Because, one thing I like to talk about that not many people ever bring up is this movie was originally directed by Don Coscarelli from Phantasm, you know, Bubba Hotep, all that good stuff. I, I love Don Coscarelli, Beastmaster, right? Um, and because of some things that happened, he stepped off, right? And he quit, and we got uh, Dan Antius to, to, to finish it up, which he gets credit for, uh, even though the majority of the movie was pretty much shot with, with uh, Coscarelli. And uh, we'll talk about why here in a minute. But uh, this is credited to Dan Antius, who really is a TV series director, 
more than anything else. Not that that's a bad thing. He's a great director. But I think that even plays into how this movie feels. I think once you realize this guy is known for making stuff for TV, you kind of see that with this movie, right? And, uh, I mean, you, you name an 80s series and he's done episodes for it. 21 Jump Street, uh, Sledgehammer, I mean, the list goes on and on. He's a assistant director to Spielberg. So, I mean, the guy's got the clout, right? Not the clout, the, the clout. Two totally different things. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so there you go. There, there's already some backstory. Now, the reason Costarelli stepped off and he had shot the majority of the footage that doesn't have the werewolf in it because there was a lot of controversy. I don't want to say controversy. There's a lot of displeasure with how the werewolf looks, which really is what keeps this off my top list, really, when I talk about my top handful, three or four or whatever. It's kind of what pulls this one back is he just kind of looks like a, a black bear that we have right here at home. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. Now, it's vicious. And uh, the story's great because it's Stephen King. But I guess when Stephen King agreed to let this movie be made, you got to remember this time at 85, Stephen King was the man, right? And I think he started demanding things whenever somebody's going to take one of his stories and make a movie. And he demanded that the werewolf be barely seen. <laughs> Play on words. Um, quick little empty shots. And I guess because you're coming off of, I mean, you're 85 here. You, you just had the influx of The Howling and American Werewolf, which are extravagant special effects, right? So I guess he wanted to dial that back and do more of the kind of Jaws approach, even though Jaws didn't intend it to be that way, but show less, less is more, and at the end you have a big reveal, and that's kind of how the story plays. And that was something that Stephen King wanted. And when he talked to the guy that was building the actual suit, he had specifications of what he wanted to look like, and here's what we got. Well, we got the infamous Dino De Laurentiis who presented this movie, or, or produced this movie, and he didn't like the outfit at all. So there's a lot of infighting. They never could decide on the outfit, but they were already recording. Cuscarelli was shooting all the footage. It got to where they were fighting back and forth over the, the werewolf outfit, and yada, 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 there you go. Uh, and that's how we ended up with this movie. And, you know, that, that's, it's interesting, right? Um, and it is different. I mean, that, that's the good thing about this movie. Or that, that's why it's on this list, right? It really stands out. Uh, let's do a, we got a synopsis here somewhere. do 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 do, do. Here we go. Holy moly. They just basically tell you the whole story here, I think. Um, when a series of unexplained murders occurs in a normal quiet town, of, in a, the normally quiet town of Tarker's Mill, the residents decide to hunt down the killer. However, many of these vigilantes end up dead. Those who don't are closer to finding the assailant. 
But when a young uh, wheelchair using boy, <laughs> when a young wheelchair using boy uh, named Marty encounters uh, a werewolf one night, the pieces start to come together. Along with his sister and Uncle Red, Marty begins a mission to capture the werewolf once and for all. So yeah, uh, that's that's it in a nutshell, right? And the beauty of this again is, and I guess that's why they call it the teen movie, is parents just don't understand, right? Because instead of going to the authorities and saying, hey, there's something crazy going on here, the kids just keep it to themselves and, you know, try to figure it out on their own because that's who we're taking the journey with, right? So that's always fun. So uh, why to watch? Well, this one says uh, you'll love it. Recommended based on your search behavior. So it's pointing out directly at me, uh, even though I already know that I love it. I love it. I love it. I've been swimming in raw sewage, and I love it. <laughs> uh, Three-word review, fantastic, dark, and terrifying. Well, you know, a lot of the scenes are at night, so I guess it is dark. Uh, it's a mix of horror and detective story and is charming in its own way, especially for the nostalgia-loving audience. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those that, because of when it came out, the whole, you know, cable TV, VHS boom, it was an easy one to pick up and enjoy, and plus it had Stephen King's name on there, so you were going to pick it up, right? Well worth watching for Terra Cinema fans and Stephen King buffs. It's an edge-of-your-seat winner. Uh... I don't know. I, I I don't take it that far. I think it I think it moves pretty good. Um, again, it's just interesting to understand all the infighting and kind of what we get as the end product. And uh, I'll try to talk about this and not give it away. It's kind of hard to do. Um, but you you basically got the story there already, already right? Because young boy. He's hanging out with some friends that are not maybe the best friends that kind of get in trouble a lot. He's got an older sister that kind of has to keep an eye on him all the time because, you know, he's in a wheelchair. So she has to keep tabs on him because the parents are, you know, 80s parents. They, they, they really, you know, pretty much shun all responsibility of being a parent uh, to a degree, which, you know, that, that's something I've been kind of focusing on a little bit here lately is... Uh, being a Gen Xer, being a kind of a latchkey kid, uh, you know, you were pretty much at home on your own by the age of 10 years old taking care of yourself till your folks got home from work, which could be two or three hours. And that was just kind of the norm. A lot of times you weren't allowed even inside the house. So, you know, with that mentality, it, it's really hard to make people understand that time frame because you're you're kind of being raised by you know the the boomer generation and there there was a lot of handing of responsibility so who knows what their childhood was like right uh i'm sure it wouldn't leave it to beaver even though it's kind of how it's portrayed but but yeah uh that really plays into this right this is why the sister has to kind of keep eyes on him because the parents are too busy you know, doing their own thing for the most part. 
and they don't have the best relationship, the sister and the brother, and it's kind of like the three amigos, right? At first, you're enemies. By the end, you're friends, and uh, that kind of runs the story, so, um, you know, and the brother, you know, he, he feels bad. Marty feels bad when he kind of pranks his sister and makes her upset and stuff, and at first he's like, ah, oh, that's funny, and then he's like, oh, that's it's actually kind of mean. So he has a turn of heart, tries to be a better person, right? And uh, as time goes on, it's kind of like he's been playing a racing video game because he keeps getting upgrades to his wheelchair. At one point, it's just a regular wheelchair, and then it turns into one with, uh, you know, some 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 grips on the side, and it's kind of gasoline powered, like it's got a more motor on the back. And then his uncle Red, which is Gary Busey builds him one that's uh, all got flames down the side and it's built like more like a motorcycle or like a trike and uh, it's called the silver bullet so there you go hey we didn't even talk about the cast did we we kind of need to do that who's the cast of this movie if you don't know already I mean you got Gary Busey is there need to say anything else it's Gary Busey we have the late great uh, Corey Haim in this as Marty the young kid that we're taking this trip with. Um, the only other one I really want to bring up is Terry O'Quinn's in this from The Stepfather. And I mean, he's just kind of one of those staples of 80s horror. So uh, that's really the ones worth talking about. Anywho, back to the story. Um, he gets the upgrades. And at the same time, all this is going on. Well, the movie starts off. You, you, you've got a couple of guys that are in the, the, the in the cast of Ace Ventura as well, uh, who uh, kind of work in the town. Well, one of them's just working on the railroad tracks or whatever, and he kind of gets knocked off at the beginning of the movie. His head goes flying across the screen, which is a pretty awesome scene. So they do a good job of again obscuring the werewolf at this point. You see the head go flying, and from there you get townspeople one by one getting knocked off and another thing that really stands out in this movie is there's a a dream sequence that our perpetrator has uh, at a church not that that gives anything away uh, <laughs> and uh, where several people have died from I guess werewolf attack or whatever and the congregation and starts standing up and transforming into werewolves and the caskets open up and those bodies come out and they're werewolves and it's a pretty cool scene it's a, it's a good thrown in there kind of catch you off guard scene that's I don't know it, it still works it still works but anywho uh, one night Marty's out riding around He's got some fireworks. He goes out on a bridge, and he's wanting to set these fireworks off, and all of a sudden, he sees a figure off in the distance, and it's a werewolf, and it's coming after him, and he shoots a bottle rocket, and it hits a werewolf right in the eye, and from that point on, Red and Marty and his sister are all coming to town to find somebody that's got like an eye patch or an eye bandage on, trying to figure out you know, because they're already convinced that it's an actual werewolf, right? 
So you gotta get this whole thing going on where they're trying to track them down, figure out who it is, and they do find out. And then Marty, they're trying to figure out how they're gonna handle this situation on their own because who wants to call the law and get them involved? Of course, the law doesn't wanna believe them anyways. And plus you got a lot of infighting in the town because of some things that happened along the way here where uh, they're trying to accuse certain people for these things happening and uh, Marty's best friend ends up getting killed as well, torn to pieces as the father says. And uh, so it all builds up to them finding out who it is and then he starts mailing the perpetrator letters saying, I know it's you, we know what you did. And I don't know, from there, of course, our uh, perpetrator, our werewolf, is going to try to uh, stop this from getting out, right? Which is also an interesting take, because in most cases, they're not aware of what they do. They're not aware when, aware, when they're a werewolf. They're not aware werewolf. Uh, and uh, sometimes I crack myself up for no reason. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is different because this person obviously knows what they are and what they do. Usually the story of the werewolf or the wolf man is about being tormented, about becoming a creature and you can't control it, right? which is a humanistic fear, right? Becoming something you're not, going completely blank and doing something you shouldn't do, right? Blurring that line of where reality and, and, and macabre stands, right? So uh, this is an interesting take where, you know, the werewolf is gonna actually fend for itself here. And uh, I kinda like that aspect of it. It's different. But uh, obviously it comes down to uh, Uncle Red, Gary Busey, and, and uh, Marty and his sister confronting the werewolf. And in the process, they follow the standard of you have to kill them with a silver bullet. So they go to a ammo shop and get a guy to melt down a necklace and make a silver bullet out of it. And then they're gonna confront the werewolf and I'm just gonna let it drop right there. Because if you haven't seen this movie, you need to. Um, it's, it's, it's not my favorite, but it's definitely worth talking about. It's story's good, no doubt about it, right? Again, it's Stephen King, what do you expect? Um, there's just some, some things about, I guess the werewolf thing I just, I, I, it's hard for me to get behind that one. But for the most part, the kill scenes are great. The mystery part of it's great because you're on this journey. So it, it plays different than most werewolf movies. And I think you have to give it credit for that for sure. And uh, that's kind of where I stand on this. And I, I still want to give it a four out of five because I think it's that good of a movie. It's just not my favorite werewolf movie. So there you go. That's, that's kind of where I put it. Uh, it's a solid flick. And if you haven't checked it out, it's a must-watch if you call yourself a horror fan. It's, it's, just, it's just kind of it's iconic in a way. So there you go, folks. That's my thoughts on this one. 
Let me know what you think. I know several of you, when I put the post out there on, on the Facebook page, that several of you brought this movie up, and it deserves all the credit it gets. You know, again, I'm not shunning it. I'm not saying it's not a good movie, because it is. Uh, it is a good movie. Um, it's just, it doesn't reach my tier of my favorite. And everybody's different. That's the beauty of this, right? So you just keep on keeping on with your love for Silver Bullet. And I've, I salute you. All right, folks, that's it for this one. We will check you later.